I'll tell you, when the year turns, one of the things I really enjoy doing is to see what's trending. I don't know if you're like that, but I love to kind of read through the magazines, read through the papers, you know, see what's new, see what's come along, see what's trending. And as, you know, I read this year, I was looking at technology a little bit, and it wasn't so much about the smartphone, it was about the smart home. You know, it's kind of like Siri on it. You get Alexa. It's like Siri on steroids. Yeah, you know, we, we say we wish the walls had ears. We wish the walls could talk. Well, they can, you know. Alexa, Alexa will do that for you. Listen and we'll talk. And, and so you can turn the lights up and down and off and on. And you can, you can you know, adjust your music, you know, how loud or how soft or whether you want music at all. The heat, you can do that. I mean, Alexa is there to fulfill your every wish. We were talking before worship at 8.30 about how there was a little girl. They had Alexa in their house. And before Christmas, she just decided she had a long list of things she wanted to do. And so she just started talking about what she wanted. And Alexa heard everything. And Alexa had Daddy's credit card. And, you know, the rest is history. Gets delivered right on the doorstep. But, man, life is good. You know, technology. You know, you got to love technology. It's cutting it. I mean, what's trending? You know, and if it's not our homes, it's, it's the car. I mean, pretty soon, what's great about this, it's, it's you know, not so much a, you know, it's a smart home, it's a smart car you can get in, you can dial where you want to go, kick back, you know, have a latte, read the paper, you know, and it'll get you right there. It's, it's a good thing. It's coming up. You know, and, and if you're, you know, if you don't want to get in your car, well, you can just stick on the Oculus Rift. You know, that's virtual reality. You just kind of wear uh, right in front of your face. You can go any place in the universe, and it's right there. It's all trending. It's all new. It's all now. It's all coming. You know, it is on the way. In fact, it's already here. It's so much on the way, you know. And, you know, technology is amazing. But you're sitting here, you may say, well, I'm not so much a techno person. Maybe I'm more of a fashion person. I want to share these next remarks uh, kind of prefacing I'm not a fashion person. But I want to let you know, stripes are coming. That's what I read. Stripes are in. So if you're on the way with stripes... And designer sneakers are coming. So, you know, if you just got regular old sneakers, you better get about the sparkles and feathers because, you know, that, that's on. The, you're going to need to have some de designer sneakers. You know, and then I saw things that looked like, I thought they were bell bottoms. I was looking, you know, at, at the fashions, and I was quickly corrected. They are not bell bottoms. They are flared jumpsuits. So, I, uh, pardon me, uh, it was just a throwback, and I, I didn't want to go bad, but hey, I looked, it was anyway, you know, so they're striping too with the, with the sneakers. So, so you get the look, you know, and, you know, if you're a guy, you know, I, I want to let you know, guys, I didn't do much in guys' fashion, but I, I did read that pastels are in and fuchsias are out. I don't even know what that means. But hey, that's just that's just what's coming. You're so, just so you know what's trending. You you heard it here first, you know. And, and then you get into finance, and you start looking. Oh man, it's amazing in the financial world where you know hedge funds, I guess, are a thing of the past. I don't know that, you know. But but now you can do like global cloud uh, resourcing, where you just kind of put the idea out there, and people just throw money at you. Isn't that how it works? So you know, no, that's not. I know that's not how it works. But you know, it's kind of the idea. You float the idea out there, and people can cap capital. You know, send in the capital. It's just incredible. And and you know, it's, they say that corporate taxes are going down, and interest rates are going up. And, 
you know, the, I mean, the whole point of this is things are trending. You know, we live in a world where something new is happening now. And, and we see it happening all around us. And then, you know, we come to that and I think, well, when was the last time in the life of the church when we asked the question, well, what's new now? What's God doing new now? What is Jesus Christ bringing forward now? That's new. I mean, what, what's, what's happening with that? I mean, when was the last time you heard anybody ask that question within the life of the church? When was the last time I asked that question as a leader in the church, as, as Christians? When was the last time? You know, could it be that we don't ask the question because when you begin to look at our source book, you know, our source book's like 2,000 years old. And maybe that kind of slows things down a little bit when you think about new. And, and some of the stories that are part of the source book are close to 4,000 years old. And it's pretty amazing to think about. But, uh, you know, think about that. Like, huh, what's new? What's new in all that? Well, we open up our hymnals and we read it. Some, you can go down the bottom of your hymnal and you can read the dates at the bottom of your hymnal. And it says 1737, Charles Wesley. Well, that's a, that's a, you know, cutting edge right there. 300 years. Uh, that's, you know, where we are. You know, what's new now? Or perhaps one of our favorite verses that I like to quote and you may like as well, Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, forever. Oh, hey, so Jesus doesn't change yesterday, today, forever. So as a follower of Jesus, maybe I can do the same, you know? <laughs> Not change yesterday, today, forever. I mean, you know, when you ask the question, what's new now? I know so often, again, within the life of the church, when we go and we get our calendars out and we start planning, Paul, I mean, well, often, I mean, you may be like this too. I mean, not only in the church, you, start, you do look at 2016 and you said, what happened in 2016? Well, when are we going to do that in 2017? And we just kind of transfer it right across. You know, like, uh, hey, we're going to kind of just, I mean, we're going to build on it, but it seem, just seems to, to carry over. And so, you know, we use the past as a guide for the future. And if, any, if along the way, if any of us should bring up a fresh new idea in the middle of all of that, either sometimes within the life of the church or, or perhaps within the life of your own planning, and that new idea comes forward, there's a response that's traditional to greet new ideas. And the response goes like this. We have never done it, you know, all the rest of it, this way before. <laughs> We've never done it this way before. That's the response that, you know, is so often greets fresh new ideas. We have never done it this way before. I want to tell you, friends, that's not written in the Bible. God has never said that. God has never said, I have not done it this way before. In fact, what God says, thus says the Lord in the scripture this morning, behold, I am doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing, and it's coming forward right now. You know, could it be when you and I pray, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, that God actually hears those prayers and that God actually works to answer those prayers in ways that God is moving God's kingdom forward even as you and I pray that prayer? You know, could it be in the last words of the scriptures where the last words in the Bible are, Jesus, come, come, Lord Jesus, that that's exactly what Jesus is busy doing? 
that Jesus is busy coming into our world and into our lives in hundreds and thousands of ways that sometimes we're aware and sometimes we are not aware. And wasn't that the issue when Jesus came the first time? And Christmas, isn't that part of Christmas that Jesus came and people really didn't know to expect a baby in a manger? I mean, that was not what they were looking for. And so Jesus came in a way that was unexpected. What's new now? And what's new now? And wasn't that the issue with all of Jesus' ministry? Where he was a Messiah that just didn't fit the mold. And so he kept on running into the religious people of his day in ways that there was always this sense of conflict as you read through the Gospels. What's new now? And they're just busy kind of saying, hey, you know, we know what God's like. He says, no, you know, what I'm doing, Jesus says, is I'm bringing new wine into old wineskins. And that's, that's the words that he brings forward. And so I think it's a good question for us to ask, what's God doing new now? In my life and in your life and in the life that we share together in the life of the church, what is God doing that's new now? That's a beautiful question of faith that I'm going to encourage you to ask today and tomorrow and, and in the time ahead, what is new now? I think sometimes we don't ask the question because maybe, you know, the, the books that we read and the songs we sing are old, but sometimes we don't ask that question because I think the question is not an easy question to answer. It's not an easy question to answer what is new now. Even the prophet acknowledges that. He says, you know what? He says, God's doing something new. Do you see it? Do you perceive it? And I think he asked the question because, I tell you, quite frankly, my answer when that question gets asked is, well, no, I don't. I don't see it. I don't perceive it. You know, I'm not so tuned in all the time and what God's doing there. I mean, I have to work on that. And I think that's maybe precisely part of the point that the prophet, you know, as he brings that forward, we have to work to see how God is moving and working now bringing forward something new now. And so how do we do that? And I think the scripture this morning gives us three words of advice I want to bring forward just really quickly for you and I today. First thing, when you and I want to see how God is working in the present, we have to bring the past into perspective. Verses that we saw this morning were these. Forget the former things and don't consider the things of old. And what the prophet is inviting us to do as he says those words to us is to know that when it comes to the past, that we have to, we have to get it in perspective. We have to do it in, in a way that we bring it into uh, a sense of, of, you know, that's then, but here's now. And God's moving forward, you know, to do something in the future. And to do that, to bring the past into perspective, one of the things that we need to do is we need to go ahead and enjoy the successes and the glories in our lives without trying to recapture and relive those glory days. The verses that he brings forward this morning, the historical reference that he uses, he says, you know what, there was a day 
when God saw God's people down in Egypt and they were enslaved. And as they were enslaved, God says, I need to rescue them. So God goes down and brings them forward and delivers them. And it's a story of the exodus out of Egypt. And that's how we started out this morning, you know, a path through the sea and, and God makes a way. And we've seen Charlton Heston, you know, and read that story. And, you know, so, so there it is. And so the prophet's bringing that up. He says, you know what? You know, God worked a mighty thing back then, but that was 900 years before the words that we read today were spoken. So don't get, you know, something happened 900 years ago. God's done some other things in the last thousand years. You know, he's kind of telling people, you know, you don't get so hung up about what happened 900 years ago. You don't see what God is doing today. See, that is a temptation to get so hung up in the glories of the past and whether it be a time in our careers that we said, man, that was a highlight, that was so great, and you know, I kind of wish I could recapture that. Or, or maybe it was a time in an academic career or an athletic career, you say, man, that was a mountaintop, that was something really special for me, I wish I could kind of get back to that place. Or whether it was with our family or with our church family, say, man, that, you know, we could kind of just get back to that time, just back to that place, you know, everything would be all right again. We all know that that's not how the life works. You can't go back to the future. We know that's not how it works. You know, for me, it would be like going into my closet and finding that loud plaid jacket that I wore 30 years ago where I thought I looked so great in and said, you know what, I'm going to bring this jacket out. And when I put this jacket on and go out in public, you know, I'm going to be back in my glory. And people are going to say, no, you're going to look, you're going to look like an idiot. No, <laughs> you are not going to be in your glory. First of all, plaid is not in. And second of all, you put on 20 pounds since the last time you wore that jacket. This is not a good look. You know, you cannot go back to recapture the glory. You have to put the past in perspective. And he's saying that this morning. You know, forget the former things. And that goes with the glories. But that also goes with the defeats and with the struggles and with the losses. Because we know that life isn't always a mountaintop. Sometimes life is a valley. And sometimes what happens is when we find ourselves in the valley, the, the valleys are painful. And the valleys hurt. And sometimes in that pain and in that hurt, sometimes it feels like it never goes away. Sometimes it feels like it's always part of our lives in ways that it continues to recycle, in ways that it continues to you know, come back over and over again. We think, how am I going to move past this? How am I going to get beyond this? as we experience that, what we're asked to do is to grieve. We're asked to grieve the pains of our lives because I want to tell you, friends, grieving is about hurting, but grieving is about healing. And hurting and healing come together in grieving. And so when you and I are, find ourselves in those places in life and we say, Lord, I need to have you in this place in my life because you are a Lord who is acquainted with suffering. You are acquainted with grief, a man of sorrow and acquainted with Jesus knows that. And so we can invite him into those places in our lives, knowing that when we do that, we don't have to carry that burden by ourselves, that we can share our burden with Jesus as Savior, as one who loves you and as one who loves me. And we do that as an act of faith. We do that in a way we say, Lord, you know, I need you in my heart, my life, and as part of my prayer. And as I pray that prayer, I need to give you this load that I'm carrying because I don't want to bear this burden by myself. 
And I know that you came and said, cast your burden on me for I care about you. So what we're asked to do is to go ahead and not recapture the glories and not find ourselves in the grip of the pain, but to put the past in perspective. And when we begin to put the past in perspective, then what we need to do is work to be present in the present, to be mindful in the moment, to be in the present in a way that we seek to be aware of what's going on in, in our situation, the circumstances around us. I love the way the prophet brings this forward this morning. He says, you know what? He says, even the wild animals honor me. You think, I'm like, why does he bring forward that image? That is just kind of such a crazy image. Talk about ostriches and jackals and the wild animals. And I, here's why I think he does it. Because the one thing you can bet about wild animals, they have an incredible situational awareness. They do know what's going on in the present around them. I mean, have you ever tried to sneak up on a rabbit in your backyard? How'd that work for you? Not so well. Yeah, that's because they know what's going on. They're, they're situationally aware. And so what I think what he's trying to do is say, hey, you know what? You see what's happening with them present in the present, mindful in the moment. Kind of try to bring ourselves into that place. Bring ourselves into that place. And bring ourselves into that place in, in ways that we begin to find how Christ is present. Because the thing about wild animals is they live in the wilderness. And you may say, well, I don't live in the wilderness. But I want to tell you, for me, I, I do live in the wilderness. Because, Paula, I mean, I, I love your calendar there, but I, I want to tell you, on my calendar, I, I, I mean, I got some things that are on the schedule. Me having some things on the schedule. I tell you, stuff happens at offset schedule. <laughs> things happen and they come along in our lives. And what happens is those things come along in our lives. You know, it's a surprise. Some surprise good, some surprise bad, but it is, it is a surprise. It's not in the flow chart, and it's not on the strategic plan, and it's not in the calendar. It's not on the schedule. You know, what they say, life happens. And life does happen. You know, we know it happens. You know, there's this sense about well, what's next. It's the wilderness of what's next. And I want to tell you the scripture this morning prophet says, in your what's next and in my what's next is God's what's new. That there is a way in the wilderness. That's the way he phrases that. There's a way in the wilderness and the way is not a, a map and the way is not, you know, a path. The way is a person. That's what Jesus says, I am the way. And what that means is that you and I, as we go into the next, what's next in our lives, what we're invited to do is to know that in and through our faith, we put our hands in his hand. You know, we link our hearts with his heart. It's about praying, it's about believing, it's about saying, Lord, you know, I'm not sure how this works. I don't, you know, I'm not good at this. I'm not practiced at this, but you know, I'm, this is what I'm gonna do. This is, what I'm gonna, this is where I'm gonna go because I need you to be at work and I need to know that I'm, I'm with you and that you're with me. No matter whatever's going on, that the way, his way, Jesus Christ is there in my wilderness, is there in your wilderness. And he says, as we link up with the way in our wilderness, he says, what we find is rivers in the desert. Another beautiful image, that there is a refreshment, that there's a flow. And the flow is of grace. The flow is of the Holy Spirit. The flow is a way that, that God does minister not just blessings and goodness. It's not so much about that or all it is about that, but it's about strength and it's about peace. It's about sanity. 
And it's about sobriety. It's about the things that, that the Holy Spirit would start to bring into our lives. There's that flow. And that's part of what we celebrate in the sacrament of baptism. There's a flow of God's grace in our hearts and in our lives. That's, that's always there. That there are rivers in the desert. And that as we walk through the wilderness of what's next, we can do so in a way that we walk. present in the moment. And as we are present in the moment, the prophet says this, as we look out for what's new, that's great, but we also need to look in for what's new. Because he finishes up like this. He says, what I'm doing is I am preparing a people. I am preparing people. The way Jesus, God prepares people is he prepares persons. <laughs> he prepares me. He prepares you. I am preparing a people for my praise. You know how praise begins to happen in our lives? It's when I come along in life and you come along in life. And we begin to see things. We begin to become aware of things in our lives, sensitive to things in our lives. We say, hey, you know what? I look at that. Maybe big, maybe small, you know. But, but I see something here. I say, that's God working right there. That's grace working right there. That's love working right there. That's Jesus working right there. And, and what that does is it begins to lift us up. We say, thank you, God. Isn't that amazing that God's new is in my life right now? And when you and I say, thank you, that's a praise. He says, I'm preparing people, preparing me, preparing you to be people that praise, that see, that are sensitive, that know that know that something new is happening right now. I love our closing hymn. It's a hymn that goes like this. And I'm going to get it going. You might see summons, John. Thank you. Get, just get me started. I, can will I do something? Oh, if you, will you, will you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> will you come and follow me if I would call your name? Will you go where you don't know never, ever be the same. Will you let my name be known? Will you let my love be shown? Will you let my life, will you let my life be grown in you and you in me? I want to tell you, friends, God is doing something new. And God is doing something new right now. And God is doing something new in you and in me right now. May we live in that grace. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Let's all see it together. With Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you for the truth that it would reveal. We thank you for the challenge it would bring. We thank you for the ways that it calls us to walk even in the wildernesses of our lives, knowing that in the what's next, that you are the way, that you are the truth, life. You are the one who would lead us so that we might find again afresh and new and always how your kingdom comes and your will is done. So give us the eyes to see the heart to love, the hands to hold, and the boldness to live in ways that we are 
followers of the Christ. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen.